Okay. Now he wants it by the end of the year. A fundraiser by the end of the year. Can you him for free? He's done. He's got a campaign. We're going to slogan. announce his candidacy in this episode. Yes. As a matter of fact, he, he doesn't ha- know it. He has a slogan. Yes. That's great. Did y'all just come up with that? I did. Okay, Don. Well, this is great. Congratulations. <laughs> My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years until podcasting hit about a year ago. And this is called My Second Act. Welcome to My Second Act. It just hits you. Podcasting Bam! just hits you. Just like that. Just like that. My name's Don and I'm Caddy's wife. I have a little poll I want to take. I'm going to have to involve Carl in this. Okay. So are you, and I know because I live with you and I've lived with you for a while, are you of the mindset that your honey baked ham is supposed to be heated or served cold? Served cold. Carl. Heat it at first, and then you stick it in the microwave and have it cold. Or stick it in the uh, stick it in the fridge, have it cold the next couple of days. So leftovers cold, mm-hmm. first eat day heat. of. Yeah, is that what you're saying to you? No, no, cold all the way. Me too. Rip that foil off, and then grab that uh, just with your index finger. That sugary brine. Just move it along the outside of the uh, of the ham. Yeah, and then just eat it like a Mister Good Bar. It's so funny because like when we've had people over for Thanksgiving meals and stuff that weren't like immediate family. And I think your mom was included in this one year. I have always just had honey baked ham. Room temperature. Cold. Yeah. But I remember your mom saying you're going to heat the ham. You're going to heat them because they were almost thinking of it as a country ham situation as opposed to a honey baked ham situation. And I don't know if honey baked ham is just like a Georgia thing or a Southern thing. I don't know. I think it's a Texas thing. You do? Mm-hmm. Texas too. It's very interesting. And you know, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast. You know what happens with the honey baked ham this time of year. So if you're listening to this on upload, you've got two days to make this happen. You always send the husbands in to get the ham because it's the one thing that surely they can't screw up. You've already pre-ordered it. They just have to go in and give the number, stand in line, pull out the credit card. But 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 the husband is also supposed to inspect the, the ham. ham at the wife's level, Correct. which is very difficult to do. I have stopped men before who, you know, because when they Complete bring strangers. Oh, yeah. When they bring the ham out, you know, they always say they present it. They present the ham and they open the foil. And most of the time the guys are like, it's fine. And I'm like, eh, 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 eh. you've got too much gristle. That's not a good place where the bone is. Aren't you sure you don't you want the boneless one? You want the bone in? I mean. These men just grab them and go. And let me tell you something. If you get that ham home and you open up that full paper and it's a faulty ham, big problems. Because you can't solve it on Thanksgiving Day. You even know the system. Yes. At Honey Baked Ham. I'm not going to share that with you. If huh? you forget, I think you should. Okay. If you I think for, you should. If you forget to order your ham ahead of time, do not despair. You simply give the day that you show up. So say you show up on the 24th, okay? And you say 24 dash two and that's going to get you a 10 pound whatever that size the basic size ham that you need unless they've changed their system and they may have they're going to after they hear this but anyway it's always the date that you arrive yes dash two what's the two stand for the size of the ham but that's the basic size that everybody gets so it could be another number it could be but if you haven't rsvp'd your ham just say 26 just you're going to get a two which will be and you you. better like it because you didn't Think ahead and reserve your ham. Because if you think about it, and everybody who's listening right now is like, hmm, that lady's right. Because I've never had to, you don't give your name. You don't give any kind of, because they go through so many hams. And I think Honeybaked would say that the reservation system is really just 
sort of to have an idea of how many hams they need in each location. It's not like a, you know, tried and true. But if you arrive and you say, I don't have a reservation, do you have any hams? They're going to say, no, we're sold out. So just go with the day that you show up. Dash two. Dash two. There you have it. I'm, I'm thankful that I could give that to our listeners. All right. So uh, we started every episode with songs that we're going to add to the Caddy and Donna Hype song playlist on Spotify. Songs that uh, we were listening to on the way here, or maybe just in the you know, few days that we've discovered or rediscovered. And so we'll uh, let you go first. What you got, Don? So mine is a new hit from Russell Dickerson. It's called It's About Time. And it's from his new album, Southern Symphony. And this song is a collaboration with Florida Georgia Line. And it is really good. I mean, it is a jam. It's just like a great Friday night going out, getting ready to party song. Great song. Great, great, great song. And it's one of those you can't, like it's a, what do you call it, ear... Your candy. Yeah, you can't get out of your you can't get out of your head when you hear it. Where were you first introduced to it? I just saw it online. I'm a big Russell Dickerson fan, and he's smart. He posts all of his stuff on Instagram, all of his releases, and he's he's another one that's just releasing song after song after song from this album. And this one is really good, super good. Okay, what about you? Uh, let's see. I'm going to add the first song you ever heard from Zach Brown Band. Everybody knows it. Sing along, Little Chicken Fried. Oh, that's a good one. When that song came out, our daughter, who is now 17, Olivia was obsessed with Zach Brown and his his beard. Not his band as much as his beard. She was just obsessed with Zach Brown as a person. Yes. In this particular song. And when an artist releases their first song, uh, and this is not during a pandemic, but they would visit radio. They would go around to each radio station. Now it's done on Zoom and saving record labels hundreds of thousands of dollars because you're not having to bust them around the country to visit with, with heavy-hitting, very uh, influential country stations. But they would used to do that. And so it would be called a station visit. And you would normally post something online on social media and you would, you know, have some listeners come in and they do a little private concert in the conference room and you'd serve some pizza and some whatever. Sometimes it would just be for the staff. That too. And and so I knew that Zach Brown was coming in to promote Chicken Fried. And I know that we had some listeners coming in as well. And so I mentioned it to Olivia and she was. Oh, she's a little. We'll, we'll include the picture in this week's letter. It's so cute of her and Zach Brown. She was probably. She was little. Did like, I did I take her out of school? I think no, because she was like five years old or something. Okay, but I, I'll tell you a funny story. So I brought her to the station because you were there, um, and we rode up on the elevator, and it just so happened that they were getting on the elevator at the exact same time we were, and she was like, "Oh my gosh!" And so I said, "Oh, you know, we're coming up to hear you sing, and you know, my husband works there, and um, they let her sit on what's the big? Is it the big? What's the big one? He, the one guy plays the, the stand up bass. Yeah, the stand up bass. And he let Olivia sit on the case while we rode up on the elevator. It was the cutest thing. She'll never forget that. But yeah, that song was huge, and it came out of nowhere. Yeah. And Zach had been playing around. You know, he played at Atkins Park. Dixie he was, Tavern on Dixie the Hill. Dixie Tavern was a huge fixture around the city, and." At the time, I I, th- I believe this. I think he was one of the few artists during that time period that had that groundswell of local, you know, people. The 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 Zamily, the the Zach Brown family that would follow him around, and it's kind of like Luke Combs now. I, I equate their careers kind of very similar because. You know, Luke Combs fans really pushed him to the top with social media and the songs they wanted to release. And the Zach Brown family was the exact same way. You know, it was um, and, and it was kind of that country Almond Brothers type rock. And it was new at the time. If you remember, it totally cut through the clutter of what was going on in country music at that time. And um, they were amazing. And there were a lot of people, myself included, that didn't know if it was going to work. Yeah. You heard Chicken Fried and you're like, wait a minute. What is that? Yeah. But it just became 
like a virus and and people just in a good way latched, sure yeah. people just latched onto it and it launched their career into a stratosphere and and very few artists or acts whether you're a group or a single artist are able to launch with a single that's strong uh you know zach brown went from playing dixie tavern and atkins park to playing mid-level venues yeah. you know uh as a secondary act and it wasn't long after that that they were headlining well and I they're think on tours i think they were very influential in a lot of ways what we were talking about a minute ago about just having that fan base that helped buoy them but the other thing that they absolutely put their stamp on was changing the way backstage meet and greets were done you know up until the point of them everyone came back shook someone's hand. It was a cattle call. It was cattle call. Went through a line. And, you know, they really started with Cookie, the big, explain that, the big um, Uh, RV. The big big trailer that Chef Rusty would, would, they would take from concert to concert. And Chef Rusty during the day, uh, I remember shadowing him in Charleston. Remember we went to go see him in Charleston at that tennis facility. Yep. Um, And so during the day, Chef Rusty would go around to farmer's markets and to farms and he would source all the food that he was going to prepare that night for the eat and greet, not meet and greet, but the eat and greet. Yep. And then they would prepare it, cook it all day. And then so then the band would come out and and the backstage people, you know, that had won or the fan club members, Amelie members, Mm -hmm. you would come back and you would actually eat a meal with the band. And And it wasn't just any meal. Oh, no. Chef Rusty. Yeah. It would be. A, a huge meal and like a and, southern spread and the band would jump from table to table and visit with you and take pictures and joke and um it was an experience that no one had ever even attempted to do because it was time consuming number one uh it was expensive uh they had to route a kitchen i mean yeah. cookie which is the name of the kitchen that they had was basically like an 18 wheeler and they with would the, have to truck chef's kitchen they have to truck this thing around from city to city but it definitely made a mark on on building their fan base and making them stronger. I will tell you, we we went to a lot of those. We were lucky enough to go to a lot of those eat and greets. And this is going to sound crazy, but meeting the band became secondary to the food, to eating that food. You did not want to miss that food because this was not like some chicken wings put on a plate. I mean, it was made with love. And we were also lucky enough when when they were really starting to to blow up, they opened a big facility that and you and I went down there and were able to tour it. And they had um, local artisans doing like leather stuff. And, you know, I think probably the case could be made that maybe they expanded too fast, too quickly. But, you know, they they um, they really were charting a new course in the way bands were were done and how it was managed and all of that good stuff and and I think that when he first released Chicken Fried there were a lot of people myself included and maybe you who were kind of like mm, is this going to be a novelty act and I mean their music's amazing and they just kept taking it to different levels you know they did some projects that weren't as commercially successful but were more artistic projects and you know there's things that they've done differently but I think they've really it's amazing to watch them evolve Sometimes musical careers are not just about radio hits and what certain people might say, well, I don't know. I don't know if they're as successful as they used to be. They are, you know, the, the, the people that love that band have an appetite for everything that they put out. And while again, it may not be as commercially successful as chicken fried, they have an amazing career and what Zach has done um, at his Southern grounds with the camp and everything for kids. It's, it's really amazing how he's kind of, I look at him Obviously not on a scale of like Tyler Perry, but he has certainly poured back into his community. And anyone who does that in the city they live in deserves, you know, a, a thank you because he really has poured into that community. All right. So let's add 
Chicken Fried from Zach Brown Band and uh, the new Russell Dickerson FGL song. Yes. To the Hype Song playlist. Here's what you do. Uh, go to Spotify, open your Spotify app, and then just type in the search bar, Caddy and Donna Hype Song uh, songs, and, and the entire list will pop up. And if you have premium, you can listen without commercials. I don't. Donna will not share the password. Yeah, how's with that going me. for you? For our own Spotify account. So I have to listen to the commercials. Uh, like every third song, there's an ad for Tito's Vodka hmm. or something. But uh, all right, maybe you'd be willing to slide that my way. The first of the year. At some point. Yeah. All right. Let's begin the conversation with early admission. Specifically because we're in Georgia uh, at the University of Georgia, home of the dogs in Athens. Because everything hit... Uh, just in the past week. Yeah. Uh, meaning you get your letter saying, welcome, or you get your letter saying, you know what? We're not quite sure that you're good enough. Right. Or you're not getting in. I think there's three ways it can go. First of all, I went to the University of Georgia, and I always find this discussion fascinating because the kids are always talking about friends of theirs who have gotten into Georgia or UGA, and every single time after they talk about someone who's gotten in, they follow it up with, Mom, how did you get in Georgia? You know, because now you basically can miss one question on the ACT and you can get in Georgia. It's so difficult to get in. And I will say, while I was not the most stellar student, I mean, I had like a 3.0, 3.5. I mean, and that's the thing. A long time ago, back in the dark ages, you could get into UGA with a B average. You just could. And now I'm so appreciative of these smart kids because they're making my degree so much more valuable. You know, there's so many kids who... They'll have Georgia on their list with, I know one kid that Olivia knows that's got it on their list with Yale and Harvard. I'm like, what? But the reason it's called um, early admission, because you were saying last night, did they have this when we were growing up? And they didn't because most of us picked one or two schools and we're just thankful we got in one or two of them. Unless you were that super smart kid that went away somewhere that we never saw again, you know. But the reason they do it that way is because they're trying to find out how many of those kids are going to choose Georgia as their main university because most of those kids do have three or four or five, six, seven, who knows? Some of those kids could have 10, 20 options on their list. And so they're waiting to find out how many of those kids are going to accept the offer. And that's why there's a secondary list that's called deferred where they haven't quite made up their mind on but you yet. I, 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 I got a problem with that though. Which part? Well, the deferment thing being put on, I mean, that's got to just, that's got to burn a little bit, right? It's kind of, I told you, it's kind of like the group date on The Bachelor. Yeah, you're not getting the one-on-one. You're not good yeah. enough to get the one-on-one. You're not but you know the what? We're going to throw yeah. you in the group date. Yeah. And, and you're going to go bowling. And, and we'll see how it turns out. You're going to have to fight. And for then your if time. we have room for you, here's some stats about um, the early admissions, which have dropped in the past week for the University of Georgia. There were 27% more applicants this year than last, which makes it 27% tougher. Right. 16 countries are represented, 45 states. Um, more than 1,888 high schools represented. And the core GPA, you ready? I don't know. This is uh, 4.0 to 4.33. How could you get a 4.33? You ask me this all the time. How, how could you get a 4.33? <laughs> it's taking like AP classes and honors classes and going above and beyond. A 32 to a 34 on the ACT. Holy moly. And a 1370 to mm. 1500 on the SAT. Do you know what I got on the SAT the first time I took it? I know. <laughs> Do you want to share this? I, I, I like a, a 670, 680. Wow. And that's combined. That was math and English. Yes, ma'am, it was. Hmm. What about you? I'm not going to say. 
Why? Because I just refused to say. But it was, it was, uh, it was not, it was not nowhere, anywhere near that. Do you think that there are families that are gathering this week and, and let's say that there are two cousins, one of them got early admission, one of them got deferred and say the early admission cousin is being told by their family, listen, don't talk about play it. it. Don't play it. And, and that's not fair either. I know. No, I definitely think that that happens. And I think it happens in friend groups. I Actually, I don't even think. Yeah, I this know. just doesn't apply to early admission oh, with, with no. universities and colleges. This applies to everyday life. Well, and I think it could be anywhere. You know, we're talking about Georgia, but there's Georgia Tech. There's plenty of people. It's the same thing. I mean, I know two kids right now who are, that's their only choice. And their parents are going insane. Because we have a junior right now. Olivia is our junior right now. So we're just now starting to kind of investigate more colleges and that type of thing. And if you have a hard-headed kid, which we do, it, this can be a very, very difficult season of your life. Because there are kids who are like, if I don't get in there, I'm not going. I'm not going. And I think with everything going on in the world, that's even amplified more. You know, we, we want these kids to go to school. We want them to go to the best school for them. Not the best school for us, the best school for them. But then there's the financial implications of do you send a kid out of state if they're going to be virtual? It's just, it's such a mess. It is such a difficult, difficult season in what should be a really happy season, you know? But I think that happens all the time. And, and I've heard people talking about it. They've said before that on the days when early admission rolls out via email, because you get an email too, um, that they have to have extra counselors on staff at some of the high schools because the kids are devastated that didn't get in. And it seems like, you know, if you're listening, like, you know, those old hardened people who are like, buck up, buttercup, life's hard. But if you have a kid who from an early age, maybe your parents went there and they've always, you've gone to Georgia games and, you, you know, and, and the other thing is that you've tried so hard. Some of these kids have amazing grade point averages and have sacrificed lots of weekends doing things because they were pushing and pushing and pushing to get their grade point average up and to do the right things and to volunteer and do all this. And it's still not enough. It's still not enough to get in. It's heartbreaking for those kids. And then if you're on the deferred list, you're just waiting. How long do you wait? I think you have but to- Is it known? Is there, is there a hard date where the deferred yeah. people are told either yeah. you can come now for the one-on-one or listen, after further review, uh, we're going to- You're not getting a rose. Yeah. Yeah, Seriously? No. no, I think it does happen. I think they have to, I, people listening will know, but I think it's toward the first of the year because you have to make other plans. And so that's the other thing is that then you're trying to tour them other places and you're almost trying to talk them. This is nice too, you know, and they're like, but I want to go here. And so your life is just in limbo as to what your kids are going to do. Where are you moving them in? And people talk about this all the time that, that they, these, some of these kids don't make the decision until the last minute and there's apartments that are gone and there are dorms that aren't available. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. But what it does to your ego and what your it does psyche. to your self-esteem. Yeah, I know. Being told you're not good enough quite yet. Maybe you will be here before long, but right now, eh, you know, you're not good enough. Yeah, and I don't know what the answer is because what's happened is that so many people want to stay in state. You know, they want to, and and the percentage of kids that go to college from the time that when you and I went, and you know, even people a little bit younger than us, people the 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 rate of people that went to college wasn't as high. Now most kids go to college as they should, as we want them to, but the problem is the the you know the strain put on state universities. If you're listening to this podcast in Tennessee, you have the same thing. 
with the University of Tennessee. If you live in Alabama, you have the same thing with Auburn. You know, that's why you see all of these southeastern schools making a play and offering money to good students to come there, you know, to give them in-state tuition for out-of-state because the decisions are so heavy because you can't get in your state school. It's a difficult time. On top of everything else that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and this has been going on pre pre pandemic. This this whole thing with Georgia. This has been no, pre- I'm, but I'm saying, but add yeah. on what's been going on for the past eight months. Yeah, you know, and and then you have that also weighing in. It's just a very heavy, as you said, but very tough time. It is, and and we've talked about it. I thought you know you don't want to talk your kids out of their dreams by what's going on right now in the world, because if if an immunization comes and life gets back to semi normal next spring or whatever, you know you you don't want to be making these decisions like okay, we know you want to go there, but we don't really want to pay that out of state tuition if you're going to be virtual. And then there's the point of, and I've heard a lot of parents say this: you you just need your kids to get out of your house and not because you don't want them there. That may be a small sliver, but a lot of it is they don't need to be in their rooms doing virtual anymore. Part of college is learning as you and I've talked about before, learning how to do your laundry. Well, the experience. Yes. Getting parking tickets, figuring out how to live, you know, and, but at what financial price does that come at right now with everything that's going on? I, I don't envy anyone. I'm so glad I still have an extra year to go. We have an extra year to go because it's a lot to figure out and work out. And it is not one of those things where the parents can just put your head in the sand and hope your kids work it out. You've really got to walk the path with them and help them figure it out. Do you think, Donna, that the kids that are, uh, say Olivia, as an example, we know that she's doing quite well with virtual, um, but do you think that there truly are kids that are going to not get the education in high school that they need to get because of online during the pandemic. One hundred and fifty percent, one hundred and fifty percent. Because you're kind of skating, skating through it, and yeah. everybody's, uh, uh, you know, cutting corners. Yeah, uh, in, including uh, educators, but the students and the teachers, and maybe even the parents as well. They're like, you know what, just do what you got to do. Absolutely, and I'm not. We're not as involved. And the whole thing with the the grading system and how, again, nothing against the teachers, but just how grades are put in and when they're put in. And parents are saying, you know, how did they go from a, a 90 to a 70 overnight? Oh, well, I, I put a bunch of grades in that they didn't have in yet. And, and again, you had no idea. You thought your kid was tracking pretty well. And now all of a sudden you're heading into Thanksgiving break and there's a problem. And the problem is there's only a month left in this semester, too. So, I, I mean, yes, I think there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of everyone putting their head in the sand. And you know what I think, too? I think that there's been so much said about 2020 and, oh, my gosh, can we just get through 2020, 2020, 2020? I think there's also going to be this huge thud disappointment come January 1st that everything's not just better. You know, that 2020, unfortunately, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but it could carry over. What's going to carry out into the spring with everything that's going on. And I think that everyone is so tired of this year that they're just magically thinking in a way that they're going to wake up in January 1st, 2021 and life's going to be better. And, and I think that part of it is incumbent upon us to just sort of get our head out of the sand to a certain extent. I do think there is a portion of us, myself, lots of people included that have just shut down at times in 2020 and just said, you know what, I just can't deal with it anymore. I can't deal with any more bad news. But the reality is you have to keep getting up, keep changing it, keep going, and it will get better. 
eventually. It's almost like we've fallen, not us personally, but everyone in America and everyone, you know, it's like you've fallen into this trap of just, what can I do? It's just 2020. It's just COVID. It's just this. But if you let that overtake your psyche too much, you, you can't pull yourself out of it. It's like a tailspin. Which can be dangerous. Can be dangerous. So many different levels. Of yeah, sure. Every month dinner for you, you get 15 chef created, chef inspired dinners to choose from depending on the size of uh, your family. All right. The month of December, the menu is out and um, you can choose pepperoni chicken is on the menu. Now we've yeah, been dinner fair so uh, clients and fans for years. Uh, I was not aware of pepperoni chicken on the dinner fair menu until we just ordered for the month of December. So they're always creating brand new dishes for you and your family uh, to enjoy. Also on the uh, menu at dinner fair, uh, rustic chicken, and potato, uh, there's the word again, Donna. Gratin. Gratin. That Texas steak with Worcestershire. I'm in. Mustard sauce. And with this particular dinner from Dinner Affair, uh, it's a little bit of uh, the, 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 the tender flank steak, seasoned chili powder and some salt and onion powder and garlic. Got a bold Texas style flavor that you're going to love. And you can do it, um, broil it in the oven or take it out on the deck do it on the grill which is the way do, i like to or prepare. do it on your big green egg i've had a lot of people say like do you ever cook the meals on the big green egg of course you can you can cook them however you want but the best part is you're not going to be cooking them all day two to three easy steps to get dinner on the table always 100 percent guaranteed your meals come delivered to your porch contactless delivery in the atlanta area and dinner affair also ships nationwide there's no contract money back guaranteed and so uh each of your dinner Dinners come wrapped in butcher paper. And when you unwrap them, you have individual like Ziploc bags that have each of the ingredients already pre-chopped and already pre-measured and ready to go. You get a super simple recipe card uh, that tells you exactly, uh, you know, what you need to do in order, you know, two, three steps to get your meal on the table and uh, healthy and delicious uh, meals that your family and your kids are going to love as well. $30 off your first order with Dinner Affair. The promo code is CADDY. C-A-D-D-Y, Caddy, for $30 off your first order. And uh, the different packages, we do a larger package because we have a, a family of four now. Um, you know, Will moved to Tennessee about two weeks ago. We talked about that during the podcast. But depending on, uh, you know, there's a package, Donna, that, you know, with your $30 discount, you can sample and, and try Dinner Affair for the first time for under 100 bucks. Amazing. Dinneraffair.com. Dinner, A-F-A-R-E.com. Are you finding yourself... Refriending would that be the word, Donna? Refriending people that you maybe unfriended during the I would say political season, maybe reevaluating, reevaluating some of your friendships that maybe you blocked after the recent election. Uh, maybe there are people that that you know. I'll, I'll speak for myself. There there are a handful of people that I truly enjoyed following on social media, and then they got all political, like August, September, and maybe even I knew their political affiliation, which didn't bother me. But then it was just that in your face kind of posting on social media which I didn't want. And it's like, show me pictures of your dog again. What, what happened to, to, to fluffy your dog? Let's post some more pictures of, of, of cars or your John Deere tractor or something. Let, let's lay off the politics. So I found myself unfriending people um, closer to the election. And now I'm, did you unfriend them or mute them? Uh, it's a combination, depending on who they were. It's and kind what, of a combination. what platform? Like, what, what's Twitter? the difference though? What's the difference in, in, in muting and unfriending? Well, I don't think you can mute on Facebook. You have to unfriend or unfollow. You can unfollow. I'm more talking about Instagram. Yeah. Unfollow. You're going to unfollow. You don't necessarily block them, but you're unfollowing them. You don't want to see their post in your feed. And a lot of it is that there's a lot. We were just talking a minute ago about mind space. 
and you are in control of your own mind space. So sometimes, you know, if people are like, I'm so tired of social media because I'm so tired of seeing what I'm seeing. You're seeing what you're seeing because that's what you want to see. That's in your feed. You can control your feed. But you're right. The problem is not people who post a little bit. It's that they, they just can't stop. They're like, that's all they post about. And they're militant and angry and mad. And then those people who almost goad you to like believe what they believe or out yourself or how you believe. And you're like, I'm just trying to post pictures of Fluffy. I'm not here for this. So there's this rumor in Nashville. You know, it's kind of like the old, uh, we were talking about the other day, the Carrie Underwood and the wink, the wink when that probably Church was nothing. One entertainer of the year. Well, there's another one going around and we'll just keep stirring the pot with this. But so supposedly during the election with Florida Georgia line, BK and his wife, Brittany, live in Nashville, but they also live in Grayton Beach. And so they are Trump supporters through and through both of them. And then Tyler Hubbard and his wife, Haley, who is the other half right, of Florida, Georgia, Line. live in Nashville. And I don't know that it's so much Tyler, but Tyler does whatever his wife does. And Haley is a huge Harris Biden supporter and really did not post anything political, just posted a picture of their daughter, Olivia, and how excited they were that there was a female vice president. And just, you know, it was really a very sweet, heartfelt post. I will also say this. I think there are a lot of people coming at, uh, especially in women and men, but mainly women right now, there were a lot of women that took heat for telling daughters, our daughters or our girls, this is a great day. Again, maybe it wasn't even a political post. It's just nice to be able to tell your daughters that you can be anything you want to why be. Would, why would somebody catch heat about that, though? Because they thought it was political. And and a lot of the people who were posting things about um, Harris being vice president, it wasn't even that they were ardent Democrats. They were just telling their daughters, this is a good day. This can't be done. This, this can be done. done. You can achieve. And then what would happen is these these supporters, these people would come in and leave the nastiest comments in people's feed about all of the horrible things about Harris. And again, I don't even think, because I know some of the people who posted, I don't even know that they're like, again, true ardent Democrats, but they were just trying to tell their daughters, today's a good day. Today's a good day for girls, for women. Okay, leave it at that. But so Haley, Tyler's wife, posted that and some other things. And a couple of uh, Georgia, Florida line, Florida, Georgia, line, Florida, Georgia line, Fan people noticed that BK and Brittany unfollowed the other two. I get the whole Georgia, Florida situation mixed up. But at any rate, the other two, Tyler and Haley. And so that went on for a while. And there was a lot of not back and forth between them. There was just, and it really wasn't as much from the Tyler Hubbard side. But BK, he can get going. Ooh, he can get going. And so he was posting a lot of stuff about since when have you been able to have your opinion and I'm not able, not, not about Tyler, but just people in general, why can you have an opinion and I can't have an opinion? Why? Because I'm in the public eye. Do I not get to have an opinion? And why is my opinion less valid? So there was all this stuff. So then all of a sudden, probably a week after all that, they refollowed. So then probably three or four days ago, Nellie is performing on GMA today. If you're listening to this podcast episode on the day of release, Tuesday. 24th. Yeah. Nellie performed this morning on GMA. He was supposed to perform with all of 
Florida Georgia Line. Okay, well, all, meaning both. Both. Yeah. And so he sent the jet to Nashville and was going to pick up both of them. Well, BK didn't come. Tyler came and sang and said, BK had a family, some family business he had to take care of, but I'm happy to go out and represent for the band and can be more happier to support our, you know, boy Nelly and blah, 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 blah. And so people were reading into that. Like, why didn't he get on the plane? Well, maybe he just had something to do with his family. I don't know. It's Thanksgiving week. So what do you think? Well, here's what I think. <laughs> I think it's silly. Yes. Number one. But what else do we have to do right now? I guess nothing. Scroll TikTok videos. Yeah. That's what I do. Try to look for a new documentary, true crime documentary on Netflix, which yes. a couple have dropped, by the way, if you're looking for something for Netflix. Okay. Uh, back for the to holiday. the story. Okay. I, I, for, I, I don't think that Florida Georgia Line can truly perform with just half of them. Okay. And we haven't seen the performance, obviously, because we're taping the day prior. Don't but, you think Tyler does most of the singing, though? Doesn't matter. They're still okay. a duo. Okay. They're branded together. Everything that they do, they have to do together. Like Brooks and Dunn couldn't go sing at Dollywood, and they say Brooks, Brooks and Dunn's coming, but it's just right. Brooks. And then Dunn just Dunn decided to stay home because yeah. he had a family commitment, and so Brooks is coming to sing. It just doesn't work that way. You're a duo. Then it would just be kicks Brooks is singing with Dolly. So why though does Florida Georgia Line? Why are they even with Nelly? Because they have that song with them. They okay. sing the song. All right. Cruise or I don't know what, which way. Right, I, I just don't think that it makes sense because they they can't, they, they have to perform together in my mind. They do. They're branded together. Of course. It's Florida Georgia Line. There's two of them. Both of them have to perform in order for it to be a complete performance, <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess so. so. they're like, And even if BK's not singing an awful lot, he's just back there doing a shadow dancing and, and he does, know, the yeah. things that he does. Still, it's Florida Georgia Line. I think that it's. So do you think there's something there? I don't know that there's something there. Okay. You know, listen, everybody gets sick of everybody at some point, especially during the pandemic and politics. So, you know, we had yeah. we were dealing with the pandemic to begin with, and then you drive the politics stake into the middle of uh, relationships and marriages and and artists, you know, whatever, anybody. And yeah, it's um I think that you gotta learn to to move on and perform together. Big get on the damn plane and, and go to New York and do your moves behind Tyler as he sings with Nelly and let's call it a day. I don't think it has anything to do with politics. Well, and it's interesting all the things that are going on, like through this vein, because during the election, some people, some artists became very vocal. Obviously, Taylor Swift's huge Democrat, you know, was stumping, stumping, stumping for that side. Jason Aldean and his wife are huge Trump supporters. I mean, flying a huge Trump fat flag out. And that probably didn't sit. I mean, again, they're friends with some other people who may not be. So I do think it's interesting, like the conversations, because most people don't care what what the average Joe thinks, because there's a million of us that think different ways. But I do think when artists come out politically for one or the other, it's interesting because you've said it before. You would be surprised sometimes who's for what. Toby Keith is a Democrat, registered Democrat, always yeah. has been. Tim McGraw, his daughters are over the top over the top with faith democrats i don't know where he stands but he was noticeably quiet and they were posting and posting i mean posting like crazy stuff here's why though it it, it is avoided is because you can't win right and when in trust radio trust radio for 25 years there were certain topics that you just you were told you can't talk about it don't even go there because you can't win and politics was one of them. Yeah. Why are you going to alienate 50%, if not more, of your audience? When it really doesn't matter. It doesn't. In the long run. Well, and I think what happens, too, in social media now, you'll see it, is it's 
it's not even, it may start at the artist, but then when you go down the comments, it's just these people coming at each other in the artist's comments. And you're like, oh my gosh. And the artist isn't even participating. Yeah. Yeah, and even a generic post about congrats to the new president of the United States can get someone in trouble because they think that this is almost an endorsement. It is an endorsement when you're just saying we had an election and this person won. More reporting. Exactly. Than, than posting your political belief or your political or, or party. Or editorializing, yeah. yes. It's a very, very slippery it's slope. Slippery it truly slope. is. And that's why, um, you know, there's a story and it was actually, uh, you were able to see it firsthand in the Taylor Swift documentary, Miss America. Yeah, Miss America. Miss America. And there was a moment in the documentary where she and her mother Andrea are having a conversation because Taylor had just posted a political post for the first time. And she wanted to do it. She and wanted her to managers stand up. and oh, her mom, they, like they were going at her. And you saw this in real time in this documentary because they were filming yeah. uh, at the time. Didn't think it was a good idea. And wanted her to delete it. And Taylor said, I'm not doing that. I'm not yeah. doing that. I'm at a place in my career where I can possibly uh, influence. Yeah. And so I'm going to do that. But it was a very heated, heated conversation in real time that you saw about an artist and the manager saying you can really hurt yourself here if you're if you're not careful. But see, that was a perfect example. Now later she did come out, yes, for Democrats and Tennessee and everything. But the original post was to get people to vote, and that was her goal. And there were so many people who registered to vote who said, "I'm a first time voter. I'm because you said this." So her original, and that's a perfect example of it going on a side tributary. Now again, no disputing, she is definitely a Democrat and was stumping for them. But in the beginning. The post that they were, the conversation in Miss Americana was her just posting, it is very important that you register to vote. So that's the other thing. It kind of sometimes gets off on sidetracks, sidecars, kind of like you and I, we get off on a sidecar. You know the person that I have welcome back into my Instagram feed that, I, that I unfollowed or muted or did something? Who? Well, there's a couple. Um, Ma? No. Ja- Jamie Bindle. Okay. All right. Do we have to call it Jamie Bindle? I love Jamie Bindle. But He's again, your Jamie, attorney. But Jamie was one of those people that I love Jamie Bindle, but he was one of those people that I just, I'd had enough about the break. political stuff. And so I muted him or unfollowed him or something, but now I'm back and I'm seeing pictures of he and his dog taking their nightly walks and his kids are, you know, his daughters are home for Thanksgiving. I love that. I love Jamie and his post. So it's nice to have you back in my feed, Jamie. Bindle. Okay. Just for the record, I never muted you, Jamie. So yeah. Who was, who, give me one example of somebody that you, that you, that you just kind of wore on you a little bit. Uh, I'm not going there. Uh-huh, had, come on. Come on. <laughs> just throw one out, Donna. No, it had nothing to do with politics. It was someone who thinks that they need to post 400 pictures of their kids in real time all the time. But no name? No name. All right. We said for a long time, we joked with Donna at Gallery Furniture about this for a long time, that we wanted to bring back uh, Ask for the Wolfman merch or wanted to bring yes. and, and, and offer Ask for the Wolfman merch. If you're not familiar with the Gallery Furniture story, Gallery Furniture is a locally owned business that has been around in Gainesville and Hall County uh, for decades. Decades. And you and Donna uh, went to high school together. Yes. Donna's it- father, the Wolfman, started this business decades ago. And Donna and her dad, Wolfman, did did TV commercials yes. during the Braves. For the you know during the Braves, you could not watch a Braves game back in the heyday on TBS uh, without seeing Donna and the Wolfman doing these really corny but memorable. Oh yes. Commercials. You couldn't um, wait to see what, like, when Halloween would come, what are they going to be dressed as? Sometimes they'd be dressed like a pumpkin and, and just the cutest thing in the world. And the banner that they had going back and yes. forth. And so Wolfman passed a few years ago. But Donna and now her daughter, uh, Marilyn, are, are continuing to to run gallery furniture in Gainesville. 
Um, and, and when you walk into the showroom, there's still, you still feel the presence of the Wolfman. Absolutely. There's so much memorabilia and, you know, Donna learned so much from her father watching him sell furniture and how he treated customers and how he invested locally. And she has done the same thing. Um, it, it still feel the, the, the furniture showroom may be a little bit more modern, but it still has, like you said, it, it feels the same way as when he was there. The old signage, there's yeah. old photographs of the Wolfman of the family. So lots of people are asking for merchandise and they have created merch. It's available. It's available. You can get coffee mugs. You can get hoodies, t-shirts, cute hats. I mean, it's so cute. And what better time to ask for the Wolfman than right now? I mean, we need the Wolfman. America needs the Wolfman. America needs the Wolfman right now in 2020. So you can um, find the merchandise on their Instagram page. Gallery Furniture GA. Gallery Furniture GA on Instagram. Yes. And you can check it out there and and order. And while you're ordering. Get you an ask for the Wolfman halter top. Yeah. Yeah, little koozie. Dolphin shorts. Oh my gosh, I don't know if they have all that on there. I don't know that they have all that, but whatever they have, you can be rocking. But the point of all of this is you can also rock in their rocking chairs. Did you like that segue? Good segue. Yeah, so they have rocking chairs restocked and in in the showroom. I'll say this about the rocking chairs though, because we've we've sat up there and rocked Mm. with Donna right off of uh, of the of the highway. These are rocking chairs that are still going to have color to them. Yes. Next year, Uh, you're actually going to get through winter. Yes. With the rocking chairs on your porch and not have to uh, to toss them and buy a whole new set come come spring and summer because these are American. They're made in Tennessee. These are American made uh, rocking chairs. Well, and I think that's important, too, because when you talk about buying locally, you also talk about where your furniture is sourced. And Donna has tons of different um, buyers that she works with. So that's why she's able to have the incredible inventory. But, yes, these rocking chairs are made in the good old USA. And um, that's important because you know what? That's employing workers up there. So um, they they are a local company. We um, love working with local companies and you will not be disappointed if you go up to see them and you won't be disappointed if you're rocking your merchandise. So ask for Donna. 1600 Browns Pedro Gainesville is where you're going to find gallery furniture. Hashtag ask for the wolf, ma'am. All right. I think we have time hmm. for your happy time. So exciting. So exciting. Fire. Because I'm happy. I'm alone if you feel like a room without a roof. Because I'm happy. I'm alone if you feel like happiness is the truth. Okay. This is actually a really good app. So this app is called Giftster. G-I-F-T, like gift. You give a gift. Stir. S-T-E-R. And what it is, is it's an app where you can go on and build a wish list, a gift list. You know how this time of the year, it used to, I would like cringe and this sounds so bad even saying this now when the kids were little, but everybody calls you. Like, and, and it's so sweet because they want to buy them gifts. But like my aunt, my uncle, your mother, my mother, your dad, Julie, any nieces, nephews, I mean, everything. And like, what can we, my brother, my sister-in-law, what do the kids want? And again, this sounds terrible because they want to spend money on your kids, but you're like, I don't know, let me get. And so you'd have 10 different lists going with your kids, you know, and it has to be very specific. And then you start down the list with someone and they're like, okay, but what is that? Where do you get that? So with Giftster, you build a list. It doesn't just have to be for Christmas. It could be for a birthday. It could be for an anniversary. It could be anything. And then it also includes the link for where you go to buy the gift. Because how many times have you even said to me, what do you want? And I'm like, I want this. And you're like, okay, what, what is that? Where do I get that? Just tell me where to go. And so the link's on there and you can just literally click on the link and it takes you exactly to what the person wants, the color they want, the size 
Like if somebody tells you, your wife tells you, I want this really cute pair of boots and you're like, oh God, what do I do? This actually has the size, the color, everything. And you just push on it, order, have them delivered. Is that not genius? Gift stir. And it's a great place if you have kids to have them build their list, you know, their Santa wish list or whatever. And everything is all in sourced in one, you know, place. But Does they, it cost anything? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm, you sound hesitant. I don't know about that part. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so because I'm sure that they get money from the companies that you're linking things to. You know yeah. what I mean? To well, go that shopping. and then when you share the list with like grandma and yeah. all the family members and then the, the app, the Gifster app becomes even, you know, becomes more viral. In, in, well, in other, yeah. yes, it, is in front of other people's eyes. Yes. So it's gift stir. So if you have kids right now and your parents and grandparents and all those are asking, just send them the gift stir list. All right. Sing us out. Oh, we just got happy. And close. Oh, I was trying to hold the note as long Don't as. Don't do that. What's the guy? on? What are the people on our playlist that hold the longest note? Um, We had that conversation. Lovely day. Bill Weathers. Yeah, very good, Tana. Yes. I was going to try to. It's hold almost it. as if you knew the answer before you had the question. And so you wanted to look sharp. You want okay, to set it up like you didn't know the not, answer? I don't, I don't even know how to do a setup, so okay. good try. All right. Reach out to us anytime. Uh, we have a podcast-specific voicemail text line. Come straight to my phone, 770-464-6024. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, uh, follow up if you want to make a comment, and I'll check it right now as we look. And it seems there's a lot of people busy this week in travel. Well, yeah. It's a busy and just week. have not had time to text 770-464-6024. But do that at some point because we realize, especially this week, Don, a lot of people are going to be traveling and a lot of people yeah. are listening on the road or listening on airplanes. And uh, remember, you can go back and, and listen to any episode. That's the great thing about podcasting. The biggest difference, well, there's so many differences between radio and podcasting, but I think one of the biggest um biggest uh, uh, pros for you, a listener, is the, the, the fact that you can go back and listen anytime. You don't have to listen in order. You can stop. You can pause. You can pick up where you left off with podcasting. So go back and listen to us as we uh, celebrate nearly a year of the My Second Act podcast. You can uh, connect on social media at ATL Cadillac on Twitter and also on Instagram. And we have a small ask of you three things. If you don't mind, number one, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. And as you are around friends and family, socially distanced, and washing your hands and wearing a damn mask this week. Uh, if in conversation it comes up, hey, listen, uh, what are you listening to? What are you enjoying right now? If, if podcasting should come up in any conversation that you have this week and you want to say, you know what, I've been listening to this great podcast uh, with Cadillac Jack and his wife Donna called My Second Act. You should really listen to it. That is the biggest gift that you can give us. Yes, and absolutely. And we are thankful for that. So uh, consider that. Number two, Ratingly five-star reviews for the pod helps others to find it. And number three, show our sponsors some love. And they include Gallery Furniture and Gainesville and DinnerAffair.com. Dinner, A-F-A-R-E.com. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen, who is also editor of the weekly e-letter, The Letter. Text left on red. Red is the color R-E-D, no spaces. Left on red to the number 22828 to subscribe. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack. My second act, part of the App and Podcast Network.